the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. Welcome to the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Podcast, the podcast of clean and sober, K-L-E-N and S-O-B-R, and SinceRightNow.com, with your hosts in recovery, Jeff, Matt, and Chris. Hey, so uh, I'm just going to jump right in, and um, we're just uh, talking to you guys about how uh, we, we discussed your name yeah. beforehand, and I'm going to prove to introduce Aaron Lee Perry, yeah. um, who, I don't know if I wrote this on, the, on the, the blog anywhere, but I certainly think this way about you, wildly talented artist, visual artist, and writer, yeah. um, single father, and in recovery for how long now? Uh, it's coming up on eight months. Eight months. Excellent. Nice. And uh, so many, many of you, the listeners, are going to be familiar with you. And if they're not, they should. They need to check you out ASAP after finishing listening to this at sober s o b r soldier dot com. And uh, yeah, and just yeah. Uh, you know, you have writing on on uh, what's now the Recovery Revolution dot online. And uh, a lot more on your site, and a lot of art on both. So, yeah. uh, welcome, Aaron. Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, glad yeah. to be here. Uh, so, you know, we, we were talking beforehand. Usually, it's a you know, we try to have a conversation where one of us just happens not to be in the same room, and um, really let it be your show and, and follow where you lead. Um, is there is there any point you'd want to start a story? Yeah. Start. Yeah. start? I, I want to say though, before oh, we start, ahead. just as three creatives in a room, Aaron, I was like, I am blown away by your work. I think it is just outstanding. The yeah. I can't believe you're like this good in the visual arts, this good in with the, with writing. So yeah, anyway, with the written word on the visual end, a lot of stuff conceptually, going your ideas are, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing's scary as shit. You're just, a, All right. you're just, <laughs> it's sick, man. So and, that's, we just want to say, yeah, we're fans. Yeah. We have to right, well, yeah, so I there think you go. Wrap up the show. We'll start there. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, if do you have a mic, you can just drop it and uh, yeah, yeah exactly. And hang up. <laughs> Boom. Uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm done too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Thank you. I greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Well, let's talk about uh, that because I mean, part of part of the reason you know I had you on the if I thought more about it maybe in the holidays coming up I I, I would have synced it up maybe but I like I like doing it. You were on the cover last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to be on the pod this week, and uh, y- you know the. I'm starting the covers with these creatives, um, which seems to be a theme with a lot of the new blogs. You know, Laura at um, the Sobriety Collective has a very creative-focused theme, and uh, the newly launched The Unruffled, um, which is Sandra's Sandra Primo's uh, site, has a very creative-focused theme. And the idea that you know, create uh, that addiction fuels creativity. If nowhere else in your work, I see it so undermined that the opposite, then that the opposite is true. I mean, you've come out of this like on fire, it yeah. seems like. Yeah, that um, I wrote a piece on that and um, I talked a little bit on Bad Story Pod about it. Right. And um, especially when it comes to depression, which um, I think most most of us in recovery um probably have some type of other, you know, issues, depression, anxiety. 
that um, could possibly lead to um, addiction, alcoholism, whatever. But uh, it's whenever I hear that about you know to be a good artist, you have to be depressed. To be a good writer, you have to be a drunk. Um, personally, I'm calling bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's if you are truly depressed, you're not going to have the energy to write. That's a good. Point. Or even think about it. Agreed. And if you're truly an addict. You're not going to have any time to do anything but keep scoring and keep getting high. I I could care less about writing or draw or drawing back then. <clears throat> when I first was early and you know just drinking with the guys and having fun and experimenting with drugs, I would do stuff. But looking back on it, which I don't have most of it now thanks to my addictions, but um, mm-hmm. it was mostly garbage. I mean, it was. Plus, I was also younger and it was you know a lot of I don't know stuff to get attention and other stuff. Yeah, right. but. Uh, it wasn't wasn't refined like I am now. I guess I'm, I'm far from refined. So did you just start creating all this stuff eight months ago? Like really? No, uh, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, wow. This is all new stuff. That's crazy. Well, um, and Jeff, Jeff and Matt, uh, to, not to call them out, but don't nearly spend nearly as much time as I do online. And yeah. you know, I'll see you <clears throat> posting things that are like, I did this in thirty minutes, and you just keep doing it, and I'm like, I can't do that. Ever, you know, you give me all the time you <laughs> in want. all the minutes. I usually do something like that, like on a lunch break at work or something. I I try to always do something creative a day, um, whether it's writing or um, yeah. or if it's art. And um, it, after this last big batch of big paintings, I did that I unveiled some of on the um, um, recovery revolution online. Yeah, I. Uh, Kind of was, I wasn't burned out of it, but I was like, ah, oh, I need to sit down and do something different. So that's when I started doing the um, little bit more of the spoken word stuff, which I hope to eventually incorporate my own music with, which yeah. I do write and record my own oh, music. Yeah. But the spoken word stuff's wicked. Yeah, that stuff. <laughs> I mean, that was just Thanks. really, really good stuff. But yeah, you know, I, I wonder, it seems like a lot of it is informed by experiences you went through, obviously. Um, absolutely so and and you didn't create the when as you were out out there and we'll talk a little bit about that I'm sure your your adventures with drugs and alcohol but I I assume some of this stuff you still have these memories or still have this stuff that you're trying to just get rid of is it like trying to uh, fourth step this stuff away or fifth yeah, step it's this like stuff a away? cleansing or yeah yeah I, that, that I haven't really I'm not sure I'm not sure if it's that or if it's more of trying to inform others or if it's just I, and the way I work generally is the one piece um, that I wrote that I, I first did in the spoken word. Um, oh, what was it called? Oh, Waking Up Dead. That was about um, a, a person on a journey and falling asleep in the woods and waking up and seeing vultures and realizing as he walked along and vultures were falling him because he was really dead. Yeah. And the comparison between, you know, that and an addict. And I, that literally happened in five minutes. I walked outside to smoke cigarettes, saw some buzzards flying around, and boom, that story pops in my head. I wrote it on my phone. Wow. wow. And um, and I let it sit for a while. That's mm-hmm. something I, I've learned to do since coming out of all this, and I guess with age, is I've learned to let some stuff sit. I work really fast, obviously, which I've hit on. Mm-hmm. Um um, that's why I don't work with more traditional paints like oil and stuff like that because I just work too fast for oil. But um, 
If I ever got into it, I'd probably have been a hell of a graffiti artist. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm kind of out in the middle of the woods a lot of times, so you'd be graffiti not much trees graffiti out here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got—I mean, obviously, this this the inspiration did not happen while you were using, and then you quit using. How long did it take between your last day of drinking and when you knew this this burning desire to create happened? Uh, honestly, when I was in detox. Wow. I uh, they um. It was weird. Well, a funny story in detox. Um, when I when I surrendered, when I you know finally gave up, that was after I uh, uh, failed suicide attempt. I called my sister and said, "I finally, you know, of course, I thought everything was a secret in my family, mm-hmm. but they had their inklings. They didn't know how bad. Yeah. But uh, and said, you know, I need to. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, they knew it was getting bad, but they also were smart enough to know that to let me fall on my face on my own. Yeah. So I called her and said, I need help. She took me. We went to a couple different detoxes. No place had beds. One place, um, a great place. But um, they said, you know, well, you can stay here and stay, hang out in the lobby all night. And this, this is like at 12 o'clock on a Sunday, too. We might have a bed at 5, 6 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, And I was detoxing off opiates and alcohol at the time. And I was going through withdrawals, and I was in pain. I'm like, no, I got to get someplace. And um, so I finally got in. And I didn't get checked in until like two in the morning. And um, I woke up the next morning, walk up to the um, nurses station there and was trying to, you know, still trying to figure out where I was at and what I was going on. And first person I see happens to be an old friend of mine that I haven't seen in a long time. I'm like, oh, well, hey, can't step me out of the bag now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so much for that. Yeah. But uh, so I... She couldn't really take care of me because of HIPAA and all this and all that, plus whatever. But she always would leave me little notes, just, you know, keep an eye on me. And she was staying in touch with my sister through Facebook and stuff like that. And um, the nurses would, you know, you only, you know, you only get a, you get a pen. You just get the inside of the pen. You don't get the whole pen. You get a pencil. It's about two inches long. Mm-hmm. Well, they gave me a Sharpie and. Through a little recreational area, they had some really cheap old pastels, and I, w- I would just sit in there and paint and draw yeah. with that stuff, and I started writing, and um, when I got out and started going through IOP and kind of just coming to terms with everything, it all came out in writing. Actually, it all came out vocally in um, IOP and AA and mm. all that, and uh, I got a lot of feedback from people saying, you know, you've got good stuff, you should share this. And I had unique views mm. and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I was, well, I just started a, a blog and started getting some hits off of that. And that's kind of how it all went. Like the spoken word, somebody heard me on, <clears throat> excuse me, Bad Story Pod. And it's like, oh, you know, something about my voice or something. I was like, well, I'll just try doing this. And <laughs> they said something about my voice and and um, and the writing, of course, and stuff. Mm. But uh, it took me a while to build up to the art. For some reason, the art intimidated me still. I guess I was afraid I didn't still have it. Mm-hmm. Well, can we back up? And so b- before, all the way before, what role did the art and the writing and the spoken word play in your life? Not necessarily in the, in the, at the height of your using, but was it part of your uh, profession or schooling or any of that? It was part of my dream. <laughs> part of your dream. From, from, a, from an early age, I could have um, done a lot with it. Um, when I was younger, like governor school arts and blah, 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 could have got a scholarship, mm-hmm. but yeah, young and dumb and mm-hmm. discovering alcohol and drugs 
and um, dropped out of college. Mm-hmm. I did have some um, private uh, training and stuff when I was younger, but uh, so I, I mean, it's always something I was I wanted to do. I didn't know how, and it was also something that. Um, there's something dealing with my anxiety and depression and everything else. I just have a, a fear of putting myself out there. I'm, I don't know if it's the fear of failure, which I know it is, mm-hmm. but also a fear of rejection, a fear of maybe even a fear of success. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, I hold my idols in high regard, and especially when it comes to art, because art has changed mm-hmm. so much since, you know, there will be no more Picassos, there will be no more Pollocks, mm. just because of the nature of it now. But mm-hmm. You know, I wanted to be them, and I had to come to terms with that. So, I don't know. I, I was putting too much pressure on myself. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, well, if I don't do it now, when am I going to do it? So, yeah. So, you always had this talent, obviously. And it's so funny. I, I think there is, in for a lot of creative people, there's, there is always this incredible extreme self-judgment that keeps you right. in a space where you can't create or everything that that comes out you immediately hate because it's not as good as whatever you think mm-hmm. you should be as good as Pollock, Picasso, whoever you thought you mm-hmm. and it's it and then you go through this journey and it sounds like you've come out on the other side and do you feel different? Do you feel like you've just gotten over that or you can just manage the fear or you're just like, I'm doing this. It doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as it's real. It's like, yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah, it, it's more of determination and also because um, it's now like most of my life, as Chris said earlier, I have a, I'm a single father of a, well, he'll be one years old in six days. Oh, man, and, Unreal. All right. Thanks. That's and, great. um, I want to, I, I just want to do it for him. Yeah. Not just say, you know, just for him, but I want him to be able to see that you, whatever you want to do, you can go out and do it. Mm. And, um, to not have that fear like I had yeah, of, of, of failing. And even if you do fail, it's all right. right. Just try. That was my problem. I would get to the point of trying. I mean, it would be the point where like, hey, so-and-so wants your stuff, just go see them. Well, once it got up to that point, it was like, I couldn't leave the house. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, he, uh, my son's been a huge motivation for everything, obviously. And he was, he was the reason I got sober. Mm. <clears throat> Well, of course, I got sober for myself, as they say. But sure. yeah, but yeah, when you got a kid, that's yeah, that helps. <laughs> yeah, it certainly <laughs> helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I can rationalize me drinking or using a drug at any point in time to myself, and I can find a way to rationalize it because that's what we do. Yeah, but I can't rationalize that to him. So, so was this your first uh, attempt at sobriety? I mean, had you had previous attempts in the past? I've had previous attempts in the past. Um, I had one, uh, uh, let's see, maybe five years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, this probably started me off on my biggest, the big binge, mm-hmm. so to say. The big binge. Um, before then, I was, be. yeah. <laughs> before then, I mean, I've been drinking every day from the moment I got home to the, I passed out for 15, almost 20 years. Wow. And, but then this last five, six years, however long it's been, it's been, you know, 30 pack a night Wow. and, and mixing some drugs to keep me awake longer. And 
the last three years or whatever has been, you know, I would wake up at three in the morning and start drinking mm-hmm. and then fall back, pass out and wake back up at six and start drinking again, just to quit shaking. But, um, mm-hmm. I think it was about five or six years ago, a girl I was dating, we were best friends forever and we started dating and she left and uh, she said it wasn't my drinking, but I, I should drink less or something. <laughs> I was like, well, well, if you had a problem with it, why didn't you just tell me? She said, you're a grown ass man. I don't need to tell you that. <laughs> And that was kind of like, I kind of realized that I thought I was waiting for somebody to say, hey, Aaron, you need to stop this. Mm-hmm. And you'd be like, okay, you're right. I was waiting for somebody else to tell me. Mm-hmm. But then when they did, I, I was like, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, <clears throat> but the big one was when he was born, last December, um, I knew then I had to quit. So I tried to, in January, after my grandfather uh, passed away, um, straight detox off the alcohol because at the time it was just alcohol mm-hmm. and um and it was it was it was god horrible did it at home i was um after a couple of days of sobriety i was every time i was not every time but i was standing up start walking and next thing i know i'm on the floor waking wow. up and um fell through drywall and stuff like that <clears throat> and my wife at the time decided to say here we'll try this because we were going to meet my parents or something i was nervous as hell She's like, this is relax, yeah. Yeah. Introduced me to Oxycontin. Wow. So um nice. I'd used it before previously, but just, you know, somebody have it, okay. But that was, you know, every day, multiple times a day. And it only took, you know, a couple of days and it had me. And you're hooked. Oh, big time hooked. So I did quit. I did successfully quit drinking there for a couple <laughs> months. But I traded that out for a much more expensive and uh Worse, well, I would say worse. They're all horrible yeah. habit. So, and then eventually it culminated to back into me drinking on top of it. And my last weekend that I don't really don't really remember. And you knew that that's when you got into detox. Yeah, that's when I called for help and said I can't do this. Yeah, and that was your sister. You said that was what? That was your sister that you called. You said yes, yes. I'm a sister. That's cool. And what was the culminating event? Like, what was the straw that broke the camel's back? You know, here you are. What did you? Yeah, did you overdose? No, I tried. I mean, I had my um, ex-wife now, finally. But um, she um, she always was a she wasn't really a supplier, but she would go and get it, mm. and she always made sure I had drinks and everything else. But uh, I. Uh, she basically got us what we, you know, enough for the weekend or whatever. And I took all of ours for like one day. And it, yeah, I should have probably overdosed then. And when that didn't work, I realized the next day I was out of drugs. Went and bought <clears throat> some bourbon and turned up the whole bottle and finished the whole bottle. And that was the first time I'd had a drink in a couple months and realized that I didn't even feel it. Wow. And then I just kept pounding them, pounding them. And then literally Sunday, at some point in time, it was just like it. I think me and her got into a fight about something, and but all of a sudden, I just had a moment of clarity. Like hmm. it was like there was just all this noise that just built up, and built up, and eventually it just, you know, I just said stop, and it stopped. And I called my sister, and I went and got a beer and sat on the front porch and waited for her. Wow. She got there and threw the beer over the driveway, and that was <laughs> took it. care of business. Yeah, she's she's a professional, so she's a H uh, HR director so 
she came. <laughs> she knows. She's, she's dealt yeah. with people like us before. <laughs> yeah, she came in and shut it down. <laughs> Whenever I went to say anything, she's like, shut up, you're going somewhere now. I was like, okay. <laughs> Good. That's awesome, man. We all need those people. Yeah. I don't absolutely. know. I needed somebody who just was wouldn't listen to my bullshit. Yeah. Because that's all i that's all i could spew you know um hr directors are good like that they have to hear (laughs) right yeah (laughs) hear it all the time and so So, where and you are you've described i think on on a previous call you described me where you live is uh what do you call it bourbon alley it's um wow i just went right on my head (laughs) um bourbon is the bourbon trail the bourbon trail. Oh, the bourbon trail in Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. in Kentucky. Yeah. I'm a bourbon. So it's certainly. I live, but it's a dry. I county. live basically. No, no, not here. Um, a little bit further south is dry. Okay. Um, in Bullet County, where I live, which is the county south of where Louisville is, um, in Louisville's, you can serve every hour besides two hours a day. Huh. They can't serve between four and six a.m. Fair enough. Wow. But here in um, Bullock County, they didn't sell anything on Sundays. Oh. So I lived here. I always had, I couldn't run out of beer on Sunday. So okay. I made sure I was stocked up. Yeah. And we had that. Then you, yeah. you get a little bit more south and it is dry. It's really weird. That is strange. Yeah. We had the no beer on Sunday, no yeah. alcohol on Sundays here, didn't we? For yeah. A for a while. I used to remember like thanking some, like, oh, thank God I can't drink today. Cause you know, you drink for six days, you're like kind of a forced rest. But yeah, I, most of the time you'd stock up. Most of the time you knew how to yeah. get drunk on a Sunday. Cause the pan, you know, the panic. <laughs> right. Run out. Or you're not leave even yourself thinking completely. about running out is panic. Well, or yeah. over here, uh, you, 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 if you're really, you know, didn't plan ahead, you could shoot across the river and, uh, yeah. Buy it from a bulletproof in Illinois. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> not that, any of us would ever do something like that. <laughs> now I remember the first time not being from here when I walked into a liquor the liquor uh, aisle at like a, a grocery store and there was like a chain across it. I was like, "What the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the? Fuck? Yeah. What's up with the chain? Yeah. That's funny. Who chains up yep. the liquor aisle? Um, but uh, so all right, so so then you went to to detox and I, I'm not familiar with detox uh, like traditional professional detox and rehab yeah. but did did you do rehab is that what happened yeah uh, well what i did was a uh, six day or five day detox yeah. uh medical detox yeah. and was that bad they, coming um, off oxy was that were you like was it just horrible do you remember that or just, they pump you full of librium yeah. and yeah no actually i didn't get librium the guy next to me did he was coming off heroin which i was like it's pretty much the same thing yeah, yeah. what's but, going uh, on who am i what am i chop liver <laughs> excuse me it was bad, but I couldn't tell you what was worse. It was funny. It's not really funny. It's one of those things that only addicts and alcoholics right. find funny. Is um, um, well, coming off of heroin's worse than coming off of alcohol. Blah blah blah. And I'm like, well, I came off both at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I got all y'all beat. Yeah. But um, I can't. Um, the with alcohol, it was. I mean, I had a lot of, um, I guess I eventually, you know, I had convulsions, but I never had like seizures or anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and in the hospital, I definitely had some hallucinations, definitely had DTs. And mm. 
um, the opiates gave me a severe back pain. Um, I felt like, I think I, I described it once as it felt like somebody took one of those giant ass weights at a gym and like duct taped it on my chest and I carried it around for a month. And that's what my back felt like. It felt like it was just getting pulled out of my stomach. Hmm. And, um, it, it, then, yeah, they do, they, uh, keep you fairly well doped up and you just, it's kind of feel dead. <laughs> But it, I mean, the first couple of days were just horrible. You just lay in bed, and but eventually, like I said, I had the friend that was working in there, and she was they had, they they had a little bit of art therapy and stuff mm-hmm. in there where you could get away, and that was my first sober introduction to AA. I went to AA before, but every time I would leave, I would you know pick up a case mm-hmm. of beer, mm-hmm. <clears throat> or I was high on drugs when I went. Mm-hmm. But um, um. So after a couple of days, I started to kind of come out of it just because I knew I had to. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the other turning points was I had wrote a song for my son in there. And um, my mom had managed to uh, get me some pictures of him. And that was one big thing for me throughout all the recovery was, you know, I'm a very visual person, obviously. So I, I, I need visual reference constantly. Mm-hmm. So pretty much everywhere I went was just pictures of him. Wow. And uh, that was your motivation. I knew, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew I wasn't going to use. I mean, there was no way, because especially then I was um, in. You know, when I was admitted to uh, detox, my parents had to take temporary custody of my son because mm-hmm. my ex-wife was using as well. Hmm. And um, so, when they went and got him, the court ruled that we were both negligent. Hmm. And. Uh, so I had to keep my, you know, shit clean and mm-hmm. straight for that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wasn't going to go back to it anyways because I didn't want to lose my chance of getting him. Mm-hmm. But uh, <clears throat> what? where was I going with that? But uh, uh, yeah, just talk, yeah, just talking about your experience in uh, detox and, and uh, rehab. Where did, where did the name of the blog come from? What does that mean to you? Where did you get that? <laughs> Um, that, that was an ideal that I was just kind of goofing around with some words and, um, like shirt ideals or something. Mm-hmm. And I showed it to somebody, a good friend of mine and they're like, Oh, I like that. And I was like, really? I was like, Hmm. Okay. So maybe I'll use that. They liked it. <laughs> I wasn't a big fan of it actually. That's funny. And uh, then I, I talked to them about it not too long ago and they're like, no, I don't like that really. I was like, well, son of a, <laughs> it's already out there now. I can't change it now. That's funny. Yeah, but I, it's kind of developed. I, yeah, I, we were just, I was thinking like it's, was it a soldier site like uh, ex-soldier, marine, something yeah. like that? But it, but after seeing it, obviously, it just had a whole different meaning and just this. In the battle. Against yeah, just this battle against addiction, right? addiction, which I think is, yeah, terrific. And I think you've brought it sort of, you've really given it like a real concrete presence when you with yeah. the, the picture that um you shared on the cover of uh the recovery revolution um sort of really brought it home i think uh the piece with the the helmet yeah that was um that was another one of those pieces that i don't know where it came from <laughs> yeah well it certainly you know illustrates the the whole i think well to me that's what it was it was yeah. the concept of of you know literally fighting this thing yeah um so, so okay ahead. so you were talking about your your first sober experience with 
the 12 steps in and again i, I don't know the terminology right Det- detox or rehab or rehab rehab um and so is uh, is that sort of ongoing is that still what you're doing sponsored sponsy all that stuff i i, <clears throat> I um I still go to AA. I have a home group. I don't have a sponsor, and I probably would never. I probably wouldn't take on a sponsee because I don't have the time to devote to them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Excuse me, like should be, especially you know having such a young son. And sure, right. Yeah. What free time I have, I try to you know obviously paint or write or do something. But um, I have nothing against AA. I appreciate AA. I love going to meetings. Every time I leave there, I feel better. Mm-hmm. Um. There are some issues that, you know, I have with it's, you know, it's um, it's not religious based, but it depends on where you go. Some mm-hmm. places are more so than others. Mm-hmm. I'm fine with all that. Um, like I, I've said before, I'm a God fearing atheist. So, yeah, interesting. I loved your spoken, <laughs> your spoken word piece on the extreme opposites of it all. I thought that was yeah. just brilliant. Um, that was yeah, that was really great. And and in your piece on spirituality, just kind of exploring that and and getting that, you know, if the toaster is going to keep you sober, then pray pray your ass off to the toaster, mm. or yeah, whatever, whatever it is. takes. Yeah, as long as you're a decent human being, at the end of the day, that's... yeah. And we were kind of just talking about what that's what that's about, and AA is definitely a design to get you there that has worked for lots of people, mm-hmm. but that is the path that you're on. It's a spiritual path, period. And mm-hmm. whatever can get you on that path to being a decent person, we were just talking about that tonight with Matt and and his full circle of what's happened to him in the short time he's been sober. Mm-hmm. But but that was kind of it. It was like, it's a, a testament to becoming a decent human being, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, it all kind of works out. Yeah, if you it do what you're supposed to. It works out that way. And I also kind of realized that I had done a lot of the steps kind of on my own without even knowing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so plus, I mean, I mean, a lot of it, you know, a lot of, a lot of people have a problem with what is it? Step four, admitting all your yeah, doing the inventory. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, I've posted a lot of mine online. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's, a, there's one major one I haven't touched on yet. And that's because of legal issues, which are getting cleared up or are cleared up, but, it's kind of a point of not awakening the beast at the moment, which I will eventually write about. Right. But um, I don't have a problem with that like a lot of people do. And I have nothing. Like I said, I love going to AA. I'm not particularly a 12-stepper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I understand. It's, it's. I don't want to bring up religion, but it's the same way I kind of view religion. You you take you take what you, what works for you from here, mm-hmm. what works for you from here, yeah. and you put it all together what works for you. Yeah. It's not Recovery is not the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we uh, we share something in common that we don't share with anybody else who's not in recovery. Mm-hmm. We speak the language. We've been there. Right. But at the same point in time, what gets you over the hump or to turn the corner is different than what will work for me within, you know, yeah. a portion or whatever. But yeah. No, I completely agree. So I have nothing against it. I love going. And yeah. the one I go to is in a hospital, and they bring in they bring people down from detox. Oh, wow. So it's 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 good because I get to talk to those people, and yeah. I've seen a lot of people come. They're repeats, and like you talked last time I was here, yeah. And they remember me, yeah. and um, at the same point in time, it's good for me to remember where I was, mm-hmm. yeah. where I don't want to be again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a great that's a great meeting to go to. I used to go to one here in a hospital. I haven't gone in a long time, but that's a great place to start. Is 
you you are constantly reminded because there's people that are just <laughs> three days and they're right there, man. That's funny. Matt, yeah, Matt one guy used to who go to me a place. lot was second there. Yeah. 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 I used to I used to do something like that too, just to see the guys coming right in, the brand yeah. new guys and uh, they're raw. Yeah. <laughs> need I forget in a matter of minutes. Yeah. You know? Constantly need to remind myself how close we are to throwing and, it all away. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. yeah. And, and so how are you feeling these days? We were just talking here about, I guess, I don't know if the ter- where the terminology comes from, but, you know, the miracles of, of recovery. And I mean, from afar, from my perspective, I mean, where you've gone just in the few short months, I've really, you know, began to interact with you. It's just, it seems like just this real transition has occurred to, I mean, um, yeah. I don't know. Just it just seems very powerful to me. Is is that? Oh yeah, it's 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 extremely powerful. It's um, I don't. It's it's like a light bulb that's always been there inside of me. Finally went off. Yeah. But um, I mean, I knew for a long time using you know, I mean, I think most of us do that we're doing shit we shouldn't be doing and we need to quit. But then after you do, you kind of realize what all it really was doing to you mm-hmm. that you didn't realize. And another thing that really helped is I finally went and started seeing therapists about depression and anxiety mm-hmm. and social anxiety and stuff. And, mm-hmm. and I am, <clears throat> if I believe that uh, addiction and alcoholism is a disease, which it is, then I have to believe that um, depression and anxiety is a disease and there is medicine for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do partake in that. Mm-hmm. In, it's all non-narcotic. It's right. all non-addicting. And it helps. Absolutely. I have a lot of people who still are like, nope, I, I shouldn't have to take that. God, your life would be so much better if you just did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Over uh, over the Thanksgiving, I was I had uh, someone uh, ask. Well, I, I told somebody that you know I'd been seeing a therapist, and um, I'd recently been prescribed. Uh, a medication for anxiety. They knew I was on an antidepressant, which actually got upped, and then also an anti-anxiety medicine, which, you know, it's one of those things where once I took it and I realized it's, it doesn't change who I am. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't alter me in any significant way other than it makes me feel better, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and, you know, th- their response was sort of like, well, have you tried going off it since you've been on it? And I'm like, why would I want to do that? I feel it's it's medicine that's helping me. Yeah. I feel much better. I don't feel you know. So yeah. I'm, I'm with you, man. It's like uh, yeah, there's there's a big difference in and trust me, I know in the in the medicine that makes yeah. you feel better in the bad way, right. and there's the medicine that makes you feel better in the good way. Yeah, right, exactly. right. And the non-narcotic, you know, nobody's gonna <laughs> yes. start hawking all their shit because their prescription exactly. Right now, you know, right. um, it's just a little different. <laughs> yeah. It's that's a different funny. deal. Did you know you were a depressive, anxiety-ridden person, and that's why you were using and drinking, or did that all just kind of come clear afterwards? Uh, I've always kind of known about the um, depression and a little bit about the anxiety, and even some. I mean, I have traits of OCD. Mm-hmm. Um, I just did it early, right before this. I went to put a loaf of bread back in the. I'm a slob. I want to put a loaf of bread <laughs> back in the in the cabinet, and for some reason, the way I said it didn't feel right. So I, before I knew it, I had turned it around like five different ways until it felt right, and then I walked <laughs> off. And I'm like, God, I hate doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just totally random. It would be like one time every week or something. Mm, but um, 
it really started to pile up once when I started drinking more and more the depression and anxiety, especially the anxiety because you know you're drinking that much, you're avoiding bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It got to the point where I, I think I didn't go to my mailbox for I don't know how long for a year probably. Wow. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I it was. That. Yeah, I was scared. I said that the other day in an AE meeting. I'm like, you know what? It feels great not to be scared of the mailbox anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I still kind of am. I'm still in debt. We're all scared of the mailbox. Yeah, it's not friendly. (laughs) It's just necessary. Yeah. I didn't have a license for like over three years, not because it got taken from me, but because it expired and I was too anxious. And to go get a new one, to go actually get it. Both of you guys. That's same with me, man. I and, love that. Uh, and you know, they threw me in a cell because my license oh, plate yeah. sticker was expired, oh, wow. and I just put off getting it done. Yeah, pulled over yeah. over and over again. Wow. Just put it yep. off. Yeah. That's I do that. I've done that. I don't know how many times. Is it is it anxiety? You just don't want to go get it because it's a. Ha- it's not laziness. It's just I don't want to. What what like. I don't know, man. Once I start avoiding things, yeah, it's just it's really easy to just, just go whole hog yeah. and be like, "All right, I'm shutting out all of it." Yeah. Wow, I think yeah. it's a neuroses and an anxiety, and yeah, it's a bunch of just stuff, yeah. <laughs> fucked up stuff. That's going crazy, on and, you know. Yeah, it's crazy. a whole salad um, of badness. That's why, yeah. So yeah, it's, what's what's crazy is you've got eight eight months, and I remember being you know the first year to me is. As a as a way of feeling, I don't remember feeling more weird emotions and almost numb and kind of, and so all this art you're creating is this first year of sobriety. Mm-hmm. And anyone who's been in their first year of sobriety can relate to mm-hmm. that. It's a very unique feeling, mm-hmm. I guess. Oh, yeah. it is. You yeah. know what I'm saying? You don't ever feel that way that again. Way again. Mm-hmm. And and I love the fact that all of this amazing stuff is coming to you. Is it not only? I'd love to hear how you. You know, there's this creative way of thinking that you sort of get in this zone and it almost feels like you're in this creative zone, not only with the daily posts, like just where they come from, but the art and all that stuff. Do you feel like you're in this this zone creation creating wise? And yeah, I, I think that's one of the things that. I'm kind of afraid it's going to go away because <laughs> yeah. it's it's the natural high and it's got it's such a natural high. Like last night mm-hmm. I was messing around with some screen printing stuff. Yeah. And I needed to clean off my screen, so I was like, oh, I was going to make some shirts for myself real quick. Mm-hmm. And I was messing around, and, so, and it turned out perfect, and mm-hmm. it turned out great. And yeah. I was tired. Before then, I was thinking about going to bed because, you know, I worked full-time, got got my son. And I was like, well, I'll do that before I go to bed. Well, as soon as I did that, it turned out great. Man, I was on cloud nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I felt phenomenal. Yeah. And with with that, I've, I also kind of feel like I'm, I don't want to be repetitive, but it's a lot of the same things that show up. And it's also a lot of the same things that deal for me that deal with addiction and the comparison to some more modern things that are popular now with the zombies and stuff mm-hmm. like that, that people might recognize. And I mean, it, it's also I mean, it's it's so blankness so right in front of everybody's faces, but nobody sees it. That's mm-hmm. not, you know, us. Um it's it's amazing to me. It's it's sad. Mm-hmm. Um, my parents just got back from the funeral last night of my um, would have been a family member, would be my uh, cousin's husband, but he supposedly was clean two months, fell, hit his head, and died in her basement. Oh, but and he was on something. <laughs> the last I heard that um, talking to her is that he was. Of course, this would have been him telling her right. clean for two months, but he okay. was staying there. But she only let him back in. You know, I'm sure she's racked with guilt because yeah. she had to do the hard love thing. And and 
I won't say it backfired, but it kind of did. You know, some people missed the bottom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, so fell and hit his head, which, you know, sent huge chills and, you know, bells off in my head. I was falling and hitting my head when yeah. I got sober, too. I, that easily could have been me. Interesting. So, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Some people miss their bottom, man. That's yeah. so true. Well, that's a, so true. And I've never, like, quite heard it phrased like that before but that's really yeah you you see it all the time yeah Um, yeah you hear about stuff like that all the time but i don't think you could you never know it and you'll never do it you couldn't have stopped it anyway right yeah most of that no no no. yeah no that's why you can't i mean in the height of my addiction or a friend a good friend of mine is in a rehab right now in southern kentucky and um yeah you could forcibly pick him up and drive him there, but he's going to be around on the street tomorrow. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you can actually physically pick him up and put him in there, but it's but not going to stop him. Until yeah. he says, I've hit my bottom. Yeah. Then it ain't going to do no good. Yeah. No. So, you, you know, just you mentioning that, and I don't mean to be flipped, but you talked about a friend and then your cousin's would-be husband. Um uh, I hate the term, but baby daddy. Yeah. Baby daddy. Oh, okay. Well, um, <laughs> is this all, I'm, I'm assuming opiates of some sort? Yes. Are the issue? Um, right now, yeah. I'm sure you've heard about, or maybe it was on the news, and I know you've followed a lot. With, I mean, Kentucky's in an epidemic with heroin right now. Well, I mean, I think it seems like the whole country. Yeah, right? every, everywhere it is. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's just it's crazy. Is it more uh, narcotics, or is it, is it heroin? I mean, you know, is it? Yeah, over the counter. Is it oxy's or um, yeah. all the above? It's it's heroin right now is really bad. Um, it's gotten a lot cheaper, and a lot of people have finally come around realizing that they can get a. And it just seems like everybody's climbing the opiate ladder quicker right. these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, it used to be you know you still maybe some your mom's pain pills and you'd be all right for a while, but now it's like okay, I had <laughs> I had a Vicodin, boom, I'm on heroin. Yeah, it's like yeah. damn. I mean, I, I was in there with like 22 year olds who live out in the backwoods with nothing but cows. I'm like, how in the hell do you get on heroin? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I mean, what where, where do you, I mean, there's no local, you know, corner where your drug dealers standing in. What yeah. the hell? Yeah. But out here, I know it was really bad. Oxycontin really hit um, Eastern Kentucky and small towns in mm-hmm. Kentucky really hard because they were pushing it. Um, I guess I don't know pharmaceutical reps or whatever, and um, and so I was told by a couple therapists that they were surprised that I was you know on oxy's because it's so hard to find now because mm-hmm. I'm it just heroin was cheaper so people quit supplying um, oxycodones. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um... Yeah, it's just it's just crazy. I was just reading something the other day that, I, and and I, I'm going to get it wrong, but there was some statistic that it was either the the highest rate of, I want to say, admissions to like ERs for overdoses for opiates are like older men, like 45 and older. I just saw a headline that says something about in the 50s. Yeah. Oh, in the 50s then. Yeah. Okay. So, so 45 and older, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which is 50 year old guys getting hooked on opiates. Rate of people being admitted to emergency it's room. midlife crisis man like well, you just, you've realized you haven't realized buy a convertible dreams. start uh, well, yeah, smack. Rec- <laughs> but it's not recreational right it's, it's 
I mean, yeah. is it? Or is I'm it sure like, it starts that way. Or is it guys with because they have like a lot like pains and they get it prescribed and then I think be... I, I think that could be a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, back um, pain throughout your back. Yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And you could easily get hooked on you know, especially if they give you oxycontins because if if yeah. they give you oxycontins, you're not going to go down to Vicodin or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. You're already at the top of the ladder. You're going to keep going that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the idea is that it's cheaper and easier to get heroin, so. Yeah, yes. and make that jump, right? Wow, yep, that's crazy. That is nuts. Um, well, why, why do they keep giving out these oxycontins? It doesn't. I mean, does well, anyone use of, them successfully? We're on does, the. Does it help anybody? It seems sounds like, like we're on the other side them. of it. What? To some degree, yeah. I mean, it must really work on epidemic. Pain. Yeah, but it, yeah, um, I just they were trying to pass. I don't know if they did, but prescribing oxycontins to children. They, I think it's close. I think it's to not do it. To, to do it, they've whoever makes OxyContin, yeah, the awesome drug company has has a version or <laughs> developed version that's I Oxy think it's awaiting FDA Oxy approval for Oxy, exactly. It's Oxy Junior, essentially, oh, which is insane considering oh, what we're going through uh, right yeah, now, isn't it? That's horrible. I mean, I mean, because yeah. the kids are going to get addicted to it. Yeah. But still, when you talk about kids and pills, yeah, the the craziest drug i ever did and did a lot of it was adderall yeah oh, wow. i did that as is well. that is pure concentrated one snort of cocaine that lasts for six hours oh, <laughs> wow it's, it's, it's nuts amphetamine salts man that's yeah did you, you get snort the... like crush and snort it right yeah and i mean that's and what it's i did adhd medicine yeah that's basically what it's for people with adhd though it slows them down slows people them without adhd speed them speed. Up. wow and yeah. there are there are all sorts of Variants now, yeah, Vinase and other yeah. ones, but uh, yeah. but yeah, Adderall was it's straight up amphetamine. Wow, when you get the generic, oh, yeah. when you get generic Adderall, the prescription bottle says salts of amphetamine, <laughs> so like that's yeah, all it is. We're calling it what, yeah, straight up speed. Wow, and uh, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, what's uh, someone was telling me. Uh, high school kids, and who knows, this is probably just rumor. I can't remember what the name of it was, but basically they raid their parents' medicine cabinet, bring it to a party, throw them all on a table, and they just start taking them. It was called like a jelly bean party or something cute like that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Awesome. I wouldn't doubt it. I can't wait. I have two boys, seven and ten, and you just hear shit like that. And you're like, fuck. Yeah. You got a kid now, man. You got to like start figuring this out. <laughs> no, now we have to care yeah. about the world. <laughs> shit. <laughs> it brings it all into like a crazy new perspective, doesn't it? With, I mean, I don't know. Part of when I, you know, first got into this whole yeah th- recovery world that it's become it seems like it's become online. Part of it was because you know I'm a father too and relatively new it and. Uh, you know, you just want to know what you can do, right? To spare your, your child what we've been through. Yeah. Um, apparently, it's not, not a lot. <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, the answer you know? is uh, dick. <laughs> <laughs> just be a good person. Yeah. yeah, I think that's what, I think at least we'll, we'll have yeah. the knowledge to yeah. at least help them through it should it come to that. But, you know, you look at somebody like Robert Downey Jr., who probably knows better than anybody, and, you know, he's going through it with his. Yeah. teenage son yeah see I, that's what i'm afraid of is the reverse happening yeah um what that your kid's a total nerd oh no i'd be fine i'm kidding. That. <laughs> I'm kidding no i, I know i'm like no, hoping for a total nerd yeah more of you know our kids should definitely if they know i mean mine's mine 
if he remembers the first four months of his life, I'm going to be even more freaked out. But <laughs> knows nothing about my past unless I tell him where he finds out, which oh, right, yeah. he will. But, um, yeah. I mean, that should make him automatically not want to do it. Yeah. Especially with the situation <laughs> that's going on with his mother. But yeah. it's um, I'm afraid to be the opposite and make him more curious. Mm. Which mm -hmm. is what is how I started out. I started out because um, all my idols were, were drug addicts, suicides, sure. and drunks. Yeah. Every so, artist, right? Every artist you read. Yeah, pretty and, much. Yeah, all the writers. I'm sure, I guess all the painters probably were. Yeah, you don't read about the non-tortured poet who yeah. like goes to bed at 10 o'clock every night and like <laughs> eats a well-balanced diot and exercises and shit. You hear the about... well-adjusted poet. Right, no, yeah. it's always... If, I'm the same way. If I way. hear poet in yoga in the same sentence, I'm done. I'm <laughs> right, <out>. I'm out. <laughs> I'm not reading that, listening to it. But uh, yeah, it's what they say, you know, kill your idols. Well, what do you do when all your idols are kill themselves yeah yeah oh, and i think and that's a, again coming back to the whole thematically that's what honestly what i absolutely admire in where you're at right now is just that honestly it, it just sounds like continual blowing smoke up your ass but yeah. the 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 profound creativity that's coming out of you right now yeah. is, is a testament to the fact that you don't need the drugs, they, no. they impair it. And that, I mean, this, to me, you know, again, I keep using this phrase too, which I'm not a, a miracles guy, but, you know, it really feels like the miracles, a miracle of recovery, of, you know, certainly a, you know, profound benefit of your recovery is just this amazing creativity. Yeah. Um, so, and see, yeah. and I, it's funny because you, you had said earlier that you had this fear that it's going to go away. And I know we've all kind of felt, dealt with that, dealt yeah. with that as Absolutely. creatives. We're, we're minor creatives compared to you, my friend. But we, oh. I think we've all had our moments where, like, I don't know if I got it anymore. You just start to overthink it. And I think it's funny. As I think it's funny because if you start to think about your creative process and it's, it's, being present, how you see the world, and you can kind of tell what's happening in your day because you show us how, where these posts came from. I was standing on my porch, this thing happened. You see the world in this way. And this sobriety and this presence has allowed you to see the world in this way so that you can create from it. And I don't think that goes away. Mm -mm. You might get out of the present moment and let life start to happen and stress you out, and then you mm -hmm. sort of lose it, or then you start to think you... But the second, as you said tonight, Matt, even was talking about this new gig he got, how it just... You know you still have it. It's because you're a good person and you can find mm -hmm. that present. You're going to be that artist. And so, mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I'm excited to see. It's like you think about your first year and what you're creating now and the feelings that you get and then just where that's going to evolve as you start to grow in this mm -hmm. program. It's just going to be incredible. And and you said it. You know, the real alcoholic, the real addict struggling, you don't have time. You don't have room to create. Yeah. All you got a full time job and you're oh yeah and it's sucking up all your time. I yeah. know when I was full on and full blown alcoholism and addiction, I wasn't creating jack shit. You right. know? <laughs> all I was creating was chaos. The opportunity exactly. Yeah. yeah. Was the opportunity to stay drunk and high, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do anything for that. Mm -hmm. I, it ultimately runs your life. Mm -hmm. Runs and ruins, but it's 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 all all your energy goes towards that. Mm -hmm. And you're in a good place uh, now, too, in terms of family. I mean, you have your son, and you also have a, a – it sounds like you have a supportive family around you. Yeah? Yes. Um, Which is great. Yeah. Um, actually, I'm almost 40 living with my parents, but, hey, hey dude. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Uh, um, that's the other thing that I think is – all this has kind of hit me at one time, as you all brought up. Um, 
because it's funny. I go to see my therapist over at AA or any other place. They're like, well, do you, what do you attribute that to? I'm like, I don't know. Because I got sober, I had a kid, and I uh, got on medication mm-hmm. for this stuff all at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's well, what do you attribute that to? Awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah right. pretty much. It's it like, is. yeah. It's for the cycle. That's right. They're like, do you, do you have a bad day? I'm like, it's kind of hard to have a bad day when I go home and I have this little, you know, ball of snot and drool laughing and stuff. Right. <laughs> it's hard to have a bad day with that. Yeah. I love that picture you so posted, good. but he's uh, he's down there rearranging your uh, your awesome library of stuff. I love I love your your bookshelf. <laughs> off to yeah. off to I'm I'm too, uh, my bookshelf is I think pretty much packed up. I've switched over to digital. Don't don't hate me, but uh, I, I read on a, I read on the iPad now. But um, I, I loved what you had on there. Some great stuff. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking at a pile of it on the floor right now. Oh, he pulled it <laughs> off. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, man. Well, um, I was going to ask what oh, the best what what the best T-shirt seller was on the site. That's a good question. Um, probably yeah, the uh, Sober Compass one. Okay, that's so cool. I was down to two today, and I was like, oh, I didn't know which one to buy, so I thought I would ask you tonight, and that was one of them. So there you go. <laughs> I thought that was, oh, no, that's a killer I'll, I'll, on that note, um, probably beginning of next year, I just got in uh, um, some new screens. Um, I'm going to start doing everything. When I originally started this, I wanted all the artwork, T-shirts, everything to be done by somebody in recovery. That's great. But, you know, you, you, especially, you know, like I have all these ideals. I want to get it out there. I don't have time, especially sure. full-time job, kid, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, you use the third party to make the shirt right. and stuff. Um, I'm doing a, some uh, charity T-shirts for my cousin for, right. um, for the funeral cost. And um, so I'm going to make all those here by hand and eventually hopefully begin the year and we'll start transitioning all my shirts to being handmade here that's fantastic so some of the prices will be going down depending on um and a lot of it might go it might be more of a limited selection but it might be um, cheaper and it'll be made by me or somebody else that if i can get somebody else to help me out (laughs) but that's fantastic it will be there'll be somebody in that's cool. That's um, awesome. we, we're, we were going to organize uh, our version of Black Friday, but we're going to call it um, Super Sober Wednesday. Next Wednesday, all T-shirts and sobriety are going to be twenty percent off for the holidays. So. <laughs> Chris, Chris is going to organize this. <laughs> Chris is looking at him like, no. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. The funny thing was is like I've, I've talked about this over the break. Is like when I started, when I got into this like two years ago, I thought, you know, I, I was, uh, you know stay at home dad um doing some freelancing and uh trying to figure out what to do next and then that's where all this sort of came from the 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 whole recovery effort and um you know my initial thought was well how how am i going to make money i'll I'll, you know design t-shirts and i'll sell t-shirts and um i don't know I, i don't think that well that aspect it hasn't turned out to be my strong suit because you know my ideals were the same as yours i thought okay i'm gonna get these t-shirts i'm gonna get them screen printed locally by a small shop and um you know do- donate some of it to charity and yeah. i'm saying what you're doing is great my but my th- i had the same ideals like i'm like i'm gonna find sober models that yeah. only sober mo- and a sober yeah. photographer and yeah, yeah. all the stuff stuff to shoot it and finally you know it ends up being you know me yeah. with an iphone you know sober model sober photographer sober? Yeah. right exactly but my, but you know it, it's uh you sort of scale to to what what's a co- 
what you can accomplish, right? Yeah. And uh, you know, I, I think it's it's phenomenal. You keep introducing great, great designs and yeah. great stuff, and I think you have a far better handle on uh, on that end of thing. Well, you're far better, you know, visual, yeah. you know, artist. I'm getting that tomorrow. <laughs> but, the compass one. Um, I have a compass. Oh, cool. And you know, uh, I want to point out too that you do have and and uh, the the white compass, right? Is um, is for your cousins. Charity, yes. Charity, and then oh, okay. uh, so. Well, it's a memorial fund to memorial uh, fund. Okay, for uh, a funeral. Which is uh, so that's at uh, sobrsoldier.com, and uh, all you know Aaron's art and writings and you know I'm trying to save uh, save for a uh, woman on roses, but uh, I still need to s- finish that. It's still sitting right there yeah. where it was. If you got to sell I'll it, pass that. I'll <laughs> That, that's just a beautiful piece. Um, anyway, so in, in, in your writing, so, you know, please, if, if you haven't visited Aaron's site, uh, take a yeah. look. He's uh, and, you know. and if you, do you have a, a mail, like your daily oh. reflections, do you have a mailing list that you mail those out every day? The, the things you post? The, the writing? I'm sorry. Jeff's uh, giving you another job. Oh, do you yeah. Have well, an I email, think, like, do you have an email list? <laughs> well, yeah, you should have. I don't know if you have oh, one or not. Yeah, I was looking no, to sign I, up I for one. Because, uh, like, I have a AA has the daily reflections. Right. You get the little thing mailed to you every day. What's in the little mm-hmm. black book that just gets it, you know. So I think you should do that because then you post it every day. You get this little thing from you. Or you could collect collect idea. them weekly and just make yeah, or, like, or yes. a month, even month. However, that is a but, mailing list, mate. Come on. Um, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway mail, MailChimp. Yeah, MailChimp. All right. All right, Aaron, man. Uh, dude, thanks so much for being the cover last week on uh, The Recovery Revolution, and thanks for uh, joining us uh, tonight. Oh, thanks for the opportunity. Yeah, I appreciate it. Three huge fans here. And, yeah. Um, Keep on keeping on. Yeah, Absolutely, man. Godspeed. Right. See you on the Twitters. All right, guys. All right, man. Thank Have you, a good man. Day. Thank you. Thanks. Bye. Another clean and sober intervention.